Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. Got lots to talk about. Um, if you have not listened to the my official NFL 2023 NFL playoff prediction show, um, I posted it Friday night. Go listen to that. I, spoiler alert, I've already been wrong on one of the games. So, But it, it's still a good listen, uh, nonetheless. <laughs> and we'll keep track and see how wrong I am uh, at the end. So we got a lot to cover today. Um, I've got some Texas Tech basketball to cover, um, a little bit of football stuff. Uh, we'll do a little bit of a mini recap of the national championship game. There's not really much to recap of that. Um, but there's still some interesting uh, nuggets of, of football news that came out this week. We're going to talk, um, obviously, um, I'll do a little bit of a preview of the Cowboys-Buccaneers tomorrow night. I talked about that game quite a bit um, on my preview show, um, and then I'll kind of give you my thoughts on the current uh, the playoff games that we've already uh, gone through, and then we will have the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So let's jump right into it with uh, Texas Tech basketball. And it has been a, a, a whirlwind, well, I would say whirlwind, rough week. Um, if you are a Texas Tech basketball fan, um, you know, we talked about last Saturday night, they had fallen to 0-3 after losing to Oklahoma in overtime. They came back on Tuesday and played Iowa State. Well, they were on the floor against Iowa State. I don't think there was much playing going on uh, on the Texas Tech side of things. And it, I mean, there's really you, you, no bones about it. That game um, was probably one of the worst Texas Tech basketball games, probably in the last. You, you got to go back maybe to the early parts of the Tubby Smith era when he was having to rebuild the team, or even you know Pat Knight, the the horrible uh, Billy Gillespie one year experiment. It was just it was a horrible game uh, on Tech's part. And the perception from many fans were that that team gave little to no effort and that team quit in that game. Now, credit Iowa State. Iowa State is a very good team. And they they typically, when, when Iowa State is a good team, they are very tough to beat in Ames. That's, that's been the, you know, the track record. Having said that, I truly don't believe that there are 35 points better than this Texas Tech team. I know this Texas Tech team is young and struggles, but um, they're not 35 points better than Tech. And so there was um, a lot of grumbling for the rest of the week about this team, a lot of finger pointing. A lot of people were not happy with uh, Mark Adams's post-game comments. Um, they felt like he threw the team under the bus, um, didn't really take responsibility. And it, it, it got ugly uh, in the social media front with this uh, Texas Tech basketball team. And there were things, you know, a lot of the, st and I haven't really addressed it on here and I don't plan on addressing it on here unless it, it affects like the employment of certain coaches. Um, but a lot of the rumors that we heard, you know, back in December about things going on behind the scenes of this program, they started to bubble up again. Um, it just, it got, bottom line, it got ugly. Um, and, you know, I I understand frustration. That was a horrible, horrible game um, from Texas Tech. And, and you know, I, I, 
I can handle when you lose and you lose bad when you're just not as talented as the other team. And we've seen that before from the basketball program. We've seen that from football. Uh, haven't seen it from baseball because Tathlock's just pretty much had it, had it going since he's gotten here pretty much. Um, but, you know, what I think what as a fan I can't handle is when you can tell a team is putting forth little to no effort and they quit. And that I think that was the frustration, my frustration personally, uh, with the game on, on uh, Tuesday. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, if any of the rumors and all that are true, um, I will say this. I, I think this Texas and we're going to talk about the Texas game here in a minute because I, I think I think what happened last night should change the narrative for a lot of Texas Tech fans. Now, will it? Yeah, some of them will. The you know, the the blunderheads that just want to always complain on Twitter, it won't change their their uh, opinion. But anyway, um, here's what I know about. The, here's what I can factually tell you about this Texas Tech basketball team. I cannot factually tell you anything about the rumors, about the behind the scenes stuff. So to me, unless that factually all comes out, it's all hearsay and social media nonsense. This team is young. Um, this team is extremely young. You lost uh, a lot of big time pieces from last year's sweet 16 team, you know, um, TJ Shannon, Kevin McCuller decided to transfer. Nadolny went pro. Um, Adonis Arms, Bryson Williams, Davion Warren, they're all you know bouncing around the G League right now. So they bottom line, they went pro too. Um, you've replaced them with a lot of young players, a lot of freshmen. And when you're a freshman, you're gonna play inconsistent at times. And I think that's that's been one of the main reasons we've experienced the season we've experienced thus far uh, with this Texas Tech basketball team. I, I've said it before on this podcast, and I will say it again. I think this is a very talented team. I think you've got some really strong, talented, athletic pieces. It's putting them all together, which hasn't happened yet. And my hope is we can retain a lot of these pieces going into next season. That's to me is going to be the uh, X factor, and that's the world we live in right now with the transfer portal stuff. Now, I want to talk a little bit about uh, last night's game against Texas because I, I think last night's game very similar to what we saw uh, against Kansas, against TCU, against Oklahoma. Um, you know, this team jumped up to a great start. They went into the halftime with a nine point lead. Um, they came out, and this is this has been a troubling trend too. We saw this in the TCU game. They came out, and Texas went on a big run um, to really cut into the lead, and and you know eventually they just kept chipping away at it, chipping away at it, and they 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 uh, tied it, and then ended up taking the lead. Tech ends up losing. I think it was by like two points, two or three points last night. Um, you know, I am not into moral victories, so. It's still extremely disappointing to lose, especially to lose to Texas. And they're, I mean, their fans are acting like donkeys online, you know, it, which, which, which in, it makes me laugh because they always act like this is, you know, this isn't a rivalry with Texas Tech, but they, they finally beat Tech for the first time 
in Austin in four years, and boy, they are just partying like <laughs> like they've won the national championship. So, by the way, uh, Chris Beard's still winless against Texas Tech. So, I mean, credit RT, you know, he got himself a win over over Tech. And and you know, I, I've said it before on this podcast. This is an extremely talented Texas team. Um, they they certainly uh, are, could be. I think they are going to be un, uh, unfortunately a team that gets themselves at least to the Sweet Sixteen. And you know, you get to that second weekend of the NCAA tournament. I think everybody's got a shot to get themselves to a Final Four and win a national championship. So um, they're they're a very talented team, you know. But I I came away last night feeling like you know this this Texas Tech team. They just need to get a breakthrough win, and I think they're going to reel off a bunch of wins after that. And I think you've got a really great shot against Baylor on Tuesday. You know, Baylor's coming in struggling themselves, and I think you've got a great shot to get yourself um, on on a little bit of a win streak at that point. Now, it doesn't get any easier. You get Kansas State next weekend, but, I mean, it's the Big 12 that's top to bottom. It's, it's, it's a tough league. Um, but I, you know, again, I continue to be impressed with Pop Isaacs. I think he's a heck of a player. I, I please Kansas, don't take him. Throw everything you can at Pop Isaacs for him to stay. Um, it was great to see Amac um, get some minutes in, and I thought he he had a pretty good game. Um, you know, he had the hanging on the rim technical foul, which. I honestly thought that was a bit of a weak call, especially compared to you go back a couple weeks ago when Tech played Kansas, and at the end of that game, their player, I mean, he clearly hung on the rim, and the ref swallowed the whistles. I mean, shocker. Um, you know, I thought Jalen Tyson had a really strong game as well. Um, Bacho struggled. You know, I think it was a combination of getting into foul trouble, and um, I think he's still dealing with the injury st- stuff. So, I mean, I thought that the Tech team defensively, I thought they played really well overall. Um, you know, they Texas was finally able to punch through in the end. But, um, you know, I think by and large, your defense played really good. You just you just didn't get the win. And, you know, it's it, it's the same feeling you had after the Kansas game, certainly, and after the Oklahoma game that, you know, you had a and, – and really the TCU game too. Uh, you you should have – you had a great opportunity to win that game, and you just kind of fell apart in the second half. But you know, again, you feel you feel like this team just needs to get that one breakthrough win, and it's it's going to start the ball's going to start rolling, and it may come too little too late for any sort of chance at postseason this year. But you know, again, this is not this is not a horrible team, and and I I really think that this narrative that well, Mark Adams has lost the team, Mark Adams isn't over his head, blah blah blah. I I I, I just don't believe that, quite frankly, at this point. Um, I, I think this this there's a lot of talent on this team. A lot of the things that you that where the ball bounced your way, luck wise, in the past few years, it's not bouncing your way this year, and that's part of it too. Um, so. I think bottom line, you, if you get yourself a breakthrough win, and I and I think you've got a really good shot this Tuesday against Baylor to do that. I, you know, I think you can get the ball rolling and get yourself some wins, and you know that that's all you can do right now. You you can the only control that you have if you're Texas Tech basketball is to win games and let the chips fall where they fall. Um, you win a bunch of games in the Big Twelve. 
you're going to be considered an NCAA tournament team. But you got to get that first win first. And uh, I think certainly, I think the Baylor game is a great opportunity for that to happen. I do want to give a quick congratulations to the Lady Raiders. Um, They won yesterday against Kansas State. Um, They lost on Wednesday against Oklahoma. Very frustrating. They were, um, it was, again, they were so close to breaking through, getting that win, and, and Oklahoma was just able to kind of take control in the fourth quarter and and uh, get the game, win the game. Um, I, I think certainly we can all agree we've seen some growth from this uh, Lady Raiders basketball team. They, I think they are um, certainly more talented than they've been in the last few years, and I think they're just not – at the point yet where they can break through against those top tier um, Big Twelve basketball programs, the you know the Iowa States, the Texas's, Oklahoma, Kansas, um, Baylor. Uh, you're gonna have struggles against them. I th- I will predict this though. I think you will win some of those games on your home court um, against some of those teams and. Um, I hope Texas because their coach is about they play them Wednesday and old, old Vic old Vic's got a anger problem just like Steve Sarkeesian and clearly Chris Beard has so um, you know I'd love to whip his butt on Wednesday at the USA so um, let's switch gears talk a little bit of football college football um, poor TCU <laughs> um, that was rough that was a rough uh, national championship game on on Monday and and I think I think that that game is less about TCU than it is about how extremely talented uh, Georgia is. Georgia, I think we can firmly say Georgia has kind of taken that mantle from Alabama um, with the with the talent gap and everything. And again, they they were number one recruiting class this year, so um they're gonna they're gonna keep the ball rolling. And you know, kudos to Kirby Smart and you know that 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 program for getting getting Georgia to this point. But um, you know, I heard a lot of chatter from it was ESPN, Paul Feinbaum, Bozo crowd talking about. Well, this just clearly shows that the Big Twelve didn't belong in the playoff, and you know, it should only be Big Ten and SEC schools, and and then you know, and I like Clay Travis, but. I disagree with his tweet um, that he tweeted on Monday that he, he predicted that after the playoffs expand to 12 teams, we're going to have a final four of all SEC teams. You know, here, here's the deal. The SEC is extremely top heavy. Um, Georgia obviously is good. Alabama, very good. Tennessee, I would put them in that, in that, um, in that department this year, but you know, when you get to the middling and the bottom parts of the SEC, uh, you know, it, it, I, I just think top to bottom, they're not the best conference. You know, um, I, I, I truly believe if you matched West Virginia or Kansas um, or Oklahoma, those were, you know, your bottom tier Big 12 teams this year. If you match them up against the Vanderbilts and the Texas A&Ms that were the bottom tier of the SEC this year. I think the Big 12 teams would win. Um, the Big 12 this year, and you can go look at it, the Big 12 top to bottom was probably the most competitive conference in the nation. And, you know, West Virginia, Iowa State, 
you know, they, they finished near, near the bottom and, and yet they, you know, they got themselves, uh, close to getting to bowl eligibility you know, Iowa state beat Iowa in the pit out of the big 10 who Iowa ended up, you know, almost competing for the big 10 championship, you know, uh, West Virginia almost beat Pitt, and West Virginia beat Virginia tech, um, which I know they weren't that good this year, but you know, so I, I think the narrative, um, about, and then let's not even forget the fact that TCU beat the Big Ten champion, Michigan, to get to the national championship game. So, uh, you know, and, and this narrative about, well, Big Ten, SEC only schools are going to, uh, we got one more year of this malarkey with the four teams. And then, you know, we're, we're going to see, we're going to see if the Big Ten and the SEC can function in an actual playoff system where they're going to have to play multiple teams to get themselves to a championship and finally win a championship. Um, you know, I think Georgia obviously this year in an expanded playoff probably still would have won the championship. They, they, they clearly, and we saw this even at the beginning of the year when they destroyed Oregon, they clearly were the best team in college football. All those years when Alabama had things rolling and, you know, they're, they're not that far away from getting it rolling again. Um, I think it was very clear they were the best team in the country. But they, but I, I, you can't make the argument that they were in the best conference. And it's the same with the Big Ten. The Big Ten is extremely top-heavy. Ohio State and Michigan typically are your consistently good teams. But look at the rest of the Big Ten. It's not a good conference. It's it's a middling eight and four, seven and five type of conference. They are a lot more near to the Big Twelve than they want to admit. Just because they're getting billions of dollars for TV revenue doesn't mean that it's a more talented conference. It just means that they've been able to talk television companies to pay for their product a heck of a lot better than the Big Twelve has. So I, I just think that it's, it's such a false narrative. And, you know, we got one more year of dealing with this four-game system. And I, Do I think the Big 12 is going to be hurt next year if you've got an undefeated team based on this performance? Yeah, probably. And it's that, that stinks because I, tr- I truly believe Texas Tech could be a team that, that could be in that position next year. Um, but it is what it is. We're, we're going to get through this and – then we'll get the 12-team playoff. And if you're the Big 12 champion, you're going to be in the playoff no matter what. So last little bit we want to – well, actually two other little bits of information we want to talk about with uh, college football, both tech-related. Um, Texas Tech, basically, you know, you, you lost Emmett Jones this week. People were freaking out about that. You end up hiring another assistant from Baylor and, you know – I love. I had a lot of respect for him and Jones. I thought he was great. I think he is a great recruiter, which is why I think Oklahoma went and got him. But I, I think you're going to be fine at Tech. I think you got another top quality coach from Baylor. So sorry, Baylor. We have we have brain drained you big time. Uh, Joey McGuire has, and really Nebraska has as well um, with Matt Rule. Um, but I think they'll be fine. Um, we are going to get the conference schedule for football next year. Um, they said they are going to release it on Tuesday. I'm here. Here I'm hearing some frustrating things. 
And my number one frustration is I'm hearing that Texas Tech will not play either Oklahoma schools next year. Now, I'm fine not playing OU. In fact, I would I don't really don't want to play Texas next year either. Um but I think we're going to have to play them again and well, we'll just have to kick their butt again and Sark will probably cuss another staffer out, you know. Um but I I I really don't like the fact that I'm hearing we might not play Oklahoma State for a couple of reasons. Number one, I, you know, the new Big 12, you need to cultivate compelling matchups, rivalry games, and that Texas Tech-Oklahoma State game, I think, could be a really solid rivalry in the, in the, in the rebuilt new Big 12. Um, so that's number one, re- number one reason that I'm not real happy about the fact that the big 12 potentially is not scheduling the Oklahoma teams for tech. Number two, <laughs> I think Oklahoma state's going to be bad next year. I think they're going to be like at best four and eight. And so I would love for Texas tech to get the opportunity to beat up on Oklahoma state, like Oklahoma state's been able to beat up on tech in this last in this past decade, um, and then number three, I think you got a you got a compelling matchup next year because I think Alan Bowman is probably going to be the starter. And you know, by the way, I don't get there's I've seen some Twitter hate on Alan Bowman about from Tech fans. Um, I respect Alan Bowman. You know he he had some bad luck here at Tech uh, injury injury pro injury stuff, and you know I I think he handled his transfer the right way. And I, I wish him the best of luck, um, unless they play Tech. I think it's going to be rough go for them, um, though, because it just it just seems like it's all kind of falling apart in Stillwater um, with Mike Gundy and court. You know, you had def- the defensive coordinator essentially quit. You've got people transferring from the program, and they're liking tweets about basically bashing the program, bashing the coaching staff. So it's a mess in Oklahoma State. Um, which again, that's why I want to play them next year. And I think that'd be a huge bummer on the Big 12 schedule for Tech if you're not playing Oklahoma State. Um, you know, beyond beyond that, you know, I, I, I hope you get to play the tech, all the Texas schools. Uh, you know, other than UT, I wouldn't care if you played them. But, you know, certainly want to play Baylor and TCU and Houston, you know. And that'll be a compelling matchup against Houston because you got Donovan Smith down there now. And I think that's another potentially uh cultivation of a rivalry for tech playing Houston, you know, West Texas versus, you know, is it really Texas in Houston? We don't know. Um, so I think that's, that, that'll be a fun one. As far as the new teams coming in besides Houston, I re- I've said it before on this podcast. I would love to cultivate some sort of rivalry with uh, BYU. You know, you're the, you're the two furthest West schools for now. <laughs> and I, I say for now, because, I think uh, Yormark has made it very clear that he wants to expand westward. Um, but, I, you know, I think you could cultivate a fun little rivalry with BYU. So I, I kind of hope they're on the schedule next year. You know, Cincinnati, UCF, I really could care less if they're on the schedule. Um, I'm not really looking forward to having new travels down there. But, you know, West, if we can get West Virginia off the schedule every year, you're having to go to Morgantown, I'm good with that too. Um 
you know, and then, you know, Kansas State, that that would be one I'd want to hopefully continue to play. Um, they're going to be really good next year, too. Uh, you know, here, here's here's an early, and, and I'll do, when we get to August, I'll do a, a, a more in-depth uh, prediction. But here's my prediction as far as who's going to, who are your contenders next year for the Big 12 championship? I think Texas Tech's right up there. I think TCU will will be back. I don't. I don't particularly particularly think they're going to be undefeated again. You know they had a lot of uh, things, balls bounce their way um, this this season. But I think they certainly are going to be contending. I think Kansas State's uh, certainly going to be one that's going to be con- contending uh, for the Big Twelve championship. Texas and Oklahoma um, on paper. They look to be teams that will contend, but Oklahoma, uh, you know, the Brent Venables hire has not paid dividends yet, and that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And then we've seen this story from University of Texas before. You got a strong recruiting class coming in. You got an extremely talented quarterback, an Arch Manning coming in. You already have one in Quinn Ewers. Um, and so you could, I think you're going to have a potential major apple white Chris Sims situation develop down there. And, you know, like I said, Texas, we've, we've seen this script before Texas on paper looks to be extremely talented and they don't achieve those expectations. Are they going to flip the script this year with Sark? I'm, I'm leaning towards no. So um, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And I, I think I think both Oklahoma State and Baylor probably are going to be um, falling off a little bit. Kansas, I think, comes back down to earth as well. Iowa State, that's another team kind of hard to hard to measure. Um, they kind of came back down to earth this year. Can Matt Campbell get it back? I mean, can they can he get them at least back to bowl eligibility? That'll be something to watch out for. Um, and then, um, uh, who, what, who have I not mentioned yet? Um, oh, let's, well, let's talk a little bit. The new teams, Houston, BYU. Um, well, I haven't talked about West Virginia yet. I think West Virginia probably will, will kind of be finishing near the bottom as well. I, and I think this will be Neil Brown's last season. Uh, I think what saved him this year was they made an athletic director change. So then as far as the new teams, I think the new teams are going to come in and struggle. Cincinnati, I think the the loss of Luke Fickle is going to be something that they're going to have to rebuild from for several uh, years now. BYU, they've been off and on inconsistent. I think they may be in the best position to come in and make some noise and and by make some noise I'm not meaning contend for the Big 12 championship cuz I don't think they're going to do that but um you know, maybe finish middle of the pack in the Big 12 um you know Houston the Dana Holgerson soap opera is fascinating to watch um I think they I mean I I think they got a really good quarterback in Donovan Smith but you know Dana Holgerson can mess things up pretty quickly too. And then UCF's um, in an interesting case too. You know, they kind of fell a little, they've kind of fallen a little bit back down to earth the last couple years. Uh, but they got Gus Malzahn at the helm. And again, I think they may be 
kind of more in the same boat with BYU and finish kind of in that middle of the tier uh, of the conference. So be interesting to, interesting to see what the schedule is going to look like and what we'll certainly have a clearer picture uh, for Texas Tech um, after Tuesday, what, what could be some potential possibilities for them. So, all right, let's finally switch gears and talk about the NFL playoffs. We've had uh, two NFL playoff games already go final. Uh, San Francisco did didn't surprise me at all, and they ended up beating. Uh, sorry, I was looking at the Bills score. That's well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but they ended up beating pretty easily the Seahawks. Again, not a surprise. Uh, I said it in my prediction show. I think very clearly the 49ers are the uh, even though they're not the number one seed. I, to me, they're the odds-on favorites to win the NFC. I think they. I don't trust Philadelphia necessarily yet. Philadelphia hasn't been at this uh, in this uh, position. San Francisco has multiple times, and they've been able to win on the road and and still get themselves the NFC Championship game. So, I mean, I hate it as Cowboys fan. I hate to say it, but I think certainly probably the 49ers um, still odds-on favorite to win the NFC. Uh, I was wrong about the Chargers Jaguars boy. Uh, that is a brutal way to lose Chargers and probably costs your coach his job. And it's bad news for the Broncos too because I think that this probably positions the Chargers to win the Sean Payton sweepstakes. Um, the Chargers by far are a better organization right now than Denver. Denver is in for a rough haul. Um, the Russell Wilson trade, it may be up there with the Herschel Walker trade when it's all said and done. Um, because Seattle, yeah, Seattle bowed out here in the first round, but Seattle has now a boatload of draft picks and they can basically do what they did when they won the Super Bowl back in 20, when was it? 2014. They can get draft a young rookie quarterback, have him play on his rookie quarterback deal, which is cheap, and you can draft a bunch of defensive people, and boom, there you are. So um, Denver's in a bad position. So if the Chargers make a move on Brandon Staley, it's, to me, is a no-brainer. That's where Sean Payton goes. So um, right now, I just checked the score of the Miami Buffalo game. Miami's up 24 20. That's shocker. Um, you know, I really thought Buffalo would, would, would win this one pretty easily with Miami having a backup quarterback playing and, but it was being at Buffalo. So this would be a major upset. This would be honestly fantastic news for Kansas city. Um, because I, well, I say that, but then you're probably in, you're probably going to have to face Cincinnati in the um, in the AFC Championship game, which whew, I don't know about that, but um, it would set up next week Kansas City Miami Tyreek Hill going back to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, I talked about the other two games, well, the other three games. Um, coming up on my broadcast on Friday, so you can tune in. My feelings about that Cowboys-Buccaneers game haven't changed since I recorded on Friday. I think it, if you're a Cowboys fan, 
prepare to be disappointed. Just do it. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, it'll be time for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And my tip of the week is for all of those that are struggling with uh, just frustration, maybe frustration at the workplace, frustration, um, you know, at home or or whatever. Um, Life's too short to be stressed about things that you cannot control. And so, you know, if, if you've got some frustration with a toxic workplace or a toxic uh, relationship, friendship, you know, come up with a game plan to do something about it. Um, you know, I think we, we all learned probably the last three years is that life is very precious, life is very short, and you shouldn't allow yourself to be in situations like that if you can help it. So that'll be that'll do it for this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Um, the plan is for next week is I am going to record on a normal episode. I am keeping an eye on the WWE situation. I've thought about dropping some sort of bonus episode to kind of give you my thoughts. It continues to be a very fluid situation. And so I'm kind of holding off on doing that until there's a little bit more of a clear picture um, as to what what exactly is happening. So kind of keep an eye for that. Again, if you're following me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, if you're following the official Twitter of The Chris Carpenter Show, at The C Carp Show, then you will know when new episodes are posted and when I drop bonus episodes. And I think I'm going to try and do a little bit more of that um, in this new year. Then you will have an opportunity to be the first to hear. So, But no matter what, I will see you next week. We will get to episode 83 um, hope everybody has a great week. Uh, have a great Martin Luther King uh, day off if you have it off. And I will see you next time on The Chris Carpenter Show. <laughs>